We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Back from a wacky weekend in the nation's capital and beyond. Good to have you with us. It is officially fall. Fall is upon us. And maybe the end of the NFL season is already upon us. Maybe. We'll see. But good to have you aboard over the next three hours as we take you until 4 o'clock this afternoon uh, on this Back to Work Monday. Uh, Many of you are not working because uh, whether you call it Columbus Day, Indigenous People Day, whatever day, 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 Denton Day, um, you call it, many of you have the day off. So uh, I hope. You will gather around the radio, boys and girls, gather around your smartphone, listening on the Odyssey app, listening on your radio, and not forget about your boys. Matty Ice on the other side of the glass. He's working today. Woo! The rooster, cock-a-doodle-doo baby, is working today. And we are here, hopefully for your listening pleasure and not your listening annoyance. <laughs> couple of days to blow out some steam. I think finally yesterday afternoon, the steam coming out of my ears and eyes may have dissipated finally when I got to watch some real football. You know, some competent football. Some competent NFL football. Because I sure as heck didn't get to see some competent college football on Saturday night. We'll get to all that. I know Kevin uh, talked about that. I did a CBS Sports Radio National morning show yesterday, uh, and so I talked about the Miami Mario Cristobal disaster already. Um, for those that did not hear it, it's available, you know, uh, on the Odyssey app, uh, on Rewind. You can go back to CBS Sports Radio from 10 a.m. to noon if you really want, um, and I would appreciate it. Um, and um, so anyway, already talked about that to the national audience, but we'll try and get back into it. And Maryland, how about them? Looking good, baby. And then... In Columbus. We'll get to all that. We'll get to the baseball postseason. We'll get to you on the phones at 301-230-0980-301-230-0980. On the Ace Law listener lines, interact Ace Law. I'll help you get a check call. My guy, Eric. At 8888-ACE-LAW. That's 8888-ACE-LAW. But call us at 301-230-0980. So, I wanted to start the show with this. Yesterday, I mean, I just keep it on red zone. I don't know what you guys do. I, I, I don't care about one particular game. I care about them all. I mean, clearly there are games that you focus in more on that have more of a meaning towards what we do around here, and that would be NFC East games. So, I mean, of course, I was paying a little bit more attention to Philadelphia and the Rams in the late window as opposed to Broncos, Jets, Chiefs, Vikings. Of course, I was paying a little more attention to Miami and the Giants, right? But 
Oh. I mean, I watched a bunch of football yesterday and enjoyed much of it and maybe all of it and maybe zeroed in a little bit more, a little bit more on division games and the Atlanta Falcons come for a behind win over the Houston Texans because, because we're not getting the Taylor Heineke Bowl, people. Sorry. Sorry to inform you that. I was... um. As a matter of fact, I made a uh, a joke. Maybe early second quarter yesterday for Desmond Ritter. He had like, I don't know, he's like 10 of 17. I had missed his rushing touchdown. So, granted, I did not add this in. I was just simply talking about as a passer. I said, you know, Taylor Heineke watched, so we get the Taylor Heineke rematch, da-da-da-da-da, against the Commanders yesterday. And... Desmond Ritter at that point was like 10 of 17 for a buck 15, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And I compared him to a dry turkey sandwich with no mayo, white bread, untoasted. I forgot to take the cheese off and no condiments, no lettuce, no tomato, no nothing. Yeah, basically the driest, most boring sandwich you can possibly have. That's what I compared Desmond Ritter to. Uh, about a quarter in to the Falcons' ultimate win over the Houston Texans 21-19 yesterday. And sometimes what happens when you have blustery opinions on Twitter, X, what have you, on the radio, sometimes you get away with it. And sometimes they actually make you look like a genius. And sometimes you kind of look like maybe you shouldn't have put that out there. Because from that point, Desmond Ritter went on to look pretty damn good. And finished 28 of 37, 329, with one touchdown throwing. And, of course, the touchdown rushing that I mentioned to get the uh, the scoring started. So all in all, a hell of a bounce back game for Desmond Ritter and the Falcons who come from behind after Dalton Schultz and C.J. Stroud put the Texans ahead late. They come back with less than a buck 45 on the clock and they drive for a coup field goal. Game winner, 37 yards. That guy's pretty much, I don't say lights out. But he's one of the best place kickers in the NFL. He there was no chance he was going to miss a chip shot, thirty-seven yards. And the Falcons beat the Texans. Very valiant effort from the Texans, who almost won their third in a row. But instead, the Falcons find a way to win. They improve to three and two, and now they host the Washington Commanders on Sunday, two-point favorites, which means absolutely nothing. Now, normally the home team gets the standard three-point favorite. So by the establishment of the early line, you'd kind of be thinking, hmm. And this was from Bet Online, so this isn't Vegas. This is Bet Online doing their own odds. You'd kind of be thinking, all right, this is essentially a pick'em type game. Because Atlanta, the home team, with a 3-2 and two record, taking on Washington with a 2-3 and three record off of getting annihilated by the Chicago Bears, a horrible-ass team, on national video. I can't call it national TV. It's not TV. It's like people can get it on their TV. It's not national TV. It's a national broadcast. It's national prime video. Whatever. If that bothers people, sorry. Um, it is what it is. But the Falcons are 3-2 and two, off of a win over a game Texans team at home. Commanders got slaughtered 40-20 to 20 to a team that had a religious aversion to winning. Hadn't won in 14 straight games. Hadn't won since last October 24th against the horrible-ass New England Patriots. And they're only two-point favorites, according to the early line. So essentially, that's a pick That surprised me a little bit, for whatever that means. Which is, again, 
not much of anything. I personally think they're giving too much respect to the commanders, but I also can see how they would say, yeah, the Falcons are three and two, but Desmond Ritter, okay, he had one good game. He looked terrible against Jacksonville uh, a week ago in London, did have a nice bounce back. Texans are a young and upcoming team. We've talked about the Texans with Jay Gruden a lot. Jay scheduled to join us later on in the show. Um, but Atlanta's only a two point favorite. You know, and, and maybe you think, well, the commanders off of getting kicked in the teeth and mauled to death last Thursday night, maybe they have a little bit more game, if you will, going down to Atlanta. And maybe, just maybe, they can find a way to rise from the ashes and actually make a good accounting of themselves. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens this Sunday. Obviously, we have a ton of time to talk about that game, but it doesn't look like we're going to get Taylor Heineke, of course, to start unless something happens to Ritter during the week in practice. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no chance we get Heineke. I guess if Ritter's really bad, I guess he could get pulled or if he gets injured during the game. We'll see. But it doesn't look like we're going to get that storyline that many of us from a issue, topic, fan interest perspective was hoping to get because Desmond Ritter got off the mat and basically he did a damn good job and the Falcons won and he obviously managed and effectively operated a game and oh by the way they have weapons oh yeah Kyle Pitts Drake London um they have uh obviously Corderell Patterson Tyler Algier Oh, and uh, the guy that caught one on his hip yesterday, B. John Robinson. Now, Jonu Smith fumbled the ball away, so that kept the game closer. There was another turnover. Um, uh, oh, Bijan lost a, a fumble. So Atlanta had a couple of turnovers, which kept that game, again, in peril. But they probably, if they had played a clean game, they probably would have won that game by a full score, maybe more. They were good enough yesterday where they should have won that game by a full score, maybe more. And instead, they had to come from behind, win on a last-second field goal, but they did win, and again, Ritter did play well. So I took something, maybe a big something, from that game. Here's what I also took from the weekend, and I'm wondering what you took from a Sunday of watching the National Football League without having to be concerned about the commanders because all of our concern was already spilled on Friday, Thursday night, uh, maybe Saturday. I I, I flushed it out. I'm over it. it. It is what it is. I mean, it was a horrible night at the office. And I do think it is more indicative of where this team is heading as opposed to, and what they are, as opposed to a complete anomaly and just a bad night at the office. But in reality, it was just a bad night at the office. And this Sunday could be very, very, very different down in Atlanta. That being said, here's what I also took away from the NFL, besides what we just talked about with the Falcons. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers are in the penthouse, and everyone else, everyone else is swimming upstream. Now, there are some teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, that are maybe on the fifth floor or the sixth floor of a 10-floor building that has the penthouse at the top of it. But the San Francisco 49ers are at the penthouse, and they are living large. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, are swimming upstream as well. They're not in the penthouse. You can't watch the Chiefs and be blown away impressed. You can't. 
you might be able to watch the Eagles, especially in the second half yesterday, and go, okay, I see it. They're still pretty damn good. But I watched the Eagles in person a week and a half ago, or eight days ago, and even though they won, it's not like I walked away going, man. But you turn on the tube last night, and you see what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have built in San Francisco in all three phases. Remember how bad their special teams were two years ago? They're not bad anymore. Their defense is only getting better. They added Randy Gregory last week. They have Bosa. They have Dre Greenlaw. They have Fred Werner. They have good safeties, good corners. Their offense, when it's clicking on all cylinders, when it's healthy, when Brock Purdy is healthy, when Trent Williams is healthy, when Debo Samuel and George Kittle are healthy, Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, they are unstoppable. Now, the Dallas Cowboys defense has fallen off significantly since Trayvon Diggs' injury. We all thought they were in for a regression. I don't know if we thought that big of a regression. They've been annihilated, blown out on the road in two of the last three weeks to Arizona. No excuse for that. That was just not taking them seriously. And San Francisco last night, and everyone should have seen last night coming. Everyone should have seen last night coming. There was no chance in hell that the Cowboys were going to go toe-to-toe to the 49ers. I have no idea what you people were seeing and thinking. There was no chance in hell. The 49ers are in the big leagues. They're at the top of the penthouse. They're in the major leagues. The Dallas Cowboys, they might be lucky comparatively to the San Francisco 49ers to say, you know what, we're in AAA. They're not on the same block. They're not in the same world. They're not in the same neighborhood. And guess what? Nobody else is either. Again, the 49ers are on the penthouse suite. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles. Two teams that made it to the Super Bowl. One won and one didn't, obviously. One should have won. The one that didn't. They are swimming upstream. Now, they're not down on the basement level like the commanders are. The the commanders are in the basement of a 10-floor building with a penthouse suite at the top. They're in the basement, and the basement is flooded. That's where they are. The commanders are so far away from what the San Francisco 49ers are, they can't even see them. Never mind play with them. Never mind hang with them. Never mind being competitive with them. Now, that theory, that assertion, will be held until December 31st when they actually do get to play them. And they hung tough for a half last year in San Francisco on Christmas Eve, and then got their doors blown off for the most part. So you might be able to take this to old takes exposed or awful announcing or whatever the hell it is and say, ha, 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 you were an idiot, you were wrong. Listen, it's week five. I understand that a lot of things can change. The San Francisco 49ers are not only way, 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 way better than the Washington Commanders, But they're better than everyone. They're better than everyone. Not a shred of doubt in my mind. They're better than the Eagles. They're better than the Kansas City Chiefs. They're better than the Miami Dolphins. Because they're better in all three phases. And because they're not just, and I have respect for all three of those teams I just mentioned, they're not just about offense. They're about a dominant offense, a dominant defense, and Good enough, if not very good, on specials. That's what they are. That's what they are. And in terms of coaching, you put Kyle Shanahan in the mix with an Andy Reid, with a Nick Sirianni, with a young Mike McDaniel, 
And obviously, Kyle and McDaniel are, you know, McDaniel is Kyle's protege. They're right there, too. It's not like, you know, Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni or Andy Reid is at the top of the mountain and Kyle's all the way at the bottom. I mean, Andy Reid's at the top of the mountain, but Kyle ain't far behind, people. He's not far behind. Not far behind. So that's the big picture takeaway from those two games and from those two situations that I walked away with from a Sunday without the Commanders, which was glorious. Got to watch the rest of the league. Got to be stress-free. Got to enjoy good football, some bad football. Didn't have to worry. Now we get back to worrying. There was one other big-picture takeaway that I had from the late afternoon window yesterday. I'll give it to you when we come back, and it's going to illustrate exactly what's wrong with Jack Del Rio's defense. We'll do that next. 301-230-0980, Just get rocking and rolling and whatnot, Ben Standing style on a Monday afternoon in the nation's capital and beyond on the Odyssey app right here on the Team 980. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know what also today is? It's a Motown Monday, baby, and we don't have to be miserable now, do we? Or maybe we can be miserable. Uh, you probably still should be miserable. Nobody should forget what we all had to bear witness to on Thursday night. Nobody should forget. Again, it was ultimately one bad night in the office or at the office, ultimately. But you would have to be a fool. You would have to be an absolute fool to think that Thursday night was just about one bad night at the office. And that's it. That's all. That that wasn't a troubling trend. You'd have to be an ignoramus. You'd have to be completely blind. Of course it was. Of course it was. 301 I'll get out to the phones in just a sec on the Ace Law listener lines. And something apparently that the Josh Harris group is worried about coming up in just a couple of moments. But first, I wanted to give you this. Watching the end of the Jets-Broncos game yesterday, the Jets beat the Broncos 31-21 the rest of the world cares about Nathaniel Hackjob getting his revenge and the Jets social media and, you know, Kevin James and Sean Payton and, you know, uh, the offseason champs and all that nonsense. I don't give one rat's ass about that. I don't care. Great for Nathaniel Hackjob. He got a bunch of hugs and Sean Payton is a meanie. Uh, Sean Payton once wrote me a really nasty letter 
via email and then wouldn't talk to me about it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't have much respect for Sean Payton to begin Did with. Did you save the letter? No. It was like 2006. It was an yeah. email. It was it was to my old Sporting News Radio account. I would bring that. Yeah, well, I, I responded to it. I tried to talk to him through PR, but he didn't have any interest. So, whatever. Um, I'll root for the Broncos because my buddy Ben Kotwika is out there, but that's about it. Anyway, so at the end of the game, 31-21, the Jets, how did it get from 24 to 21, Jets, after the Adam Troutman go uh, touchdown, which made it 24-21 and gave Denver a chance? Right? So it's 24-21 Jets, four and change left to go. And the New York Jets are on defense. So Russell Wilson and the Broncos are driving. And they only need a field goal at this point to tie and a touchdown to win. So what happens, what had happened here is... The Jets, realizing that uh, we're in a little bit of trouble here, they can easily get a game-tying field goal. They can possibly get a touchdown. What happened here is Denver is driving at their own 41-yard line with a first down. They try a flat screen pass to Samaj P. Ryan, old pal. That goes incomplete. And then on second and 10, the Jets blitz off the edge. And Quincy Williams, who's one of the best defensive players that you've never heard of because his, bro- his brother, Quinton Williams, is better, and you hear all about him, But if you watched Hard Knocks, if you know anything about the NFL, you know that the other Williams is pretty damn good, too. Well, he lights up Russell Wilson. I think this was a nickel corner blitz, if memory serves me correct. Lights him up like a Christmas tree. Ball comes loose. And it's along the sidelines. And Hall from the Jets, I forgot his first name, Bryson Hall, whatever his first name is. Not Brees Hall, because he did other damage. Picks the ball up on a big bounce along the sidelines and runs it in for 39 yards and ultimately a score that puts the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 up 31-21. Because they said, you know what? We're not going to sit here and play a conservative two-deep shell. We're not going to sit here and let the Broncos dictate. We're going to come after them. And if we're going to lose, we're going to go down swinging a big stick. Now, Jack Del Rio does that at weird times, too, like third and 15 in Detroit last year, third and 17 last week in Philadelphia. He loves to double-fire blitz on third and 15-plus. Jack Del Rio lives in that neighborhood. He lives in that mansion. He loves to do that. And it never works. You know who it worked for yesterday? Not a third and 15. It worked for the New York Jets. They lit up Russell Wilson again like a Christmas tree because they said, you know what? If we're going to get beat, we're going to get beat by doing something that exposes our guys That could go terribly wrong, but we're going to make you beat us. We're not going to give it to you. We're not going to be outmatched. And boom. And then, I'm not done yet. Of course, the Broncos get the ball back down now 10 with a couple of minutes left. Right? And what happens is the Jets come after Russell Wilson not once, but twice. And light him up again. And attack 
from the slot, from the outside corner, from everywhere you could imagine. Go back and watch the last couple of sequences of that game, and you will see the New York Jets saying, you know what, even with the game now pretty much in hand, up 31-21, we are not done. We're going to expose your ass. We're not going to sit back and play tiddlywinks. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to come downhill. We're going to rock and roll, baby. That's what you do when you have a killer instinct. That's what you do when you know you have a team on the ropes. That's what you do when you want to send a message to the world. That's what you do. Instead, Jack Del Rio blitzes on third and 17, double fire style. Or third and 15 in Detroit week two last year. I haven't forgotten about that, Jack, because I killed you live then. And I'm not a anti-Jack Del Rio guy like you guys are, or even anti-Ron Rivera. You know what I am? I'm an anti-conservative, anti just let the players make plays. They'll execute. They'll execute consistently at a high level type of guy. Because you know what? For the most part, a lot of these players don't execute at a high level. And you can't help by watching the San Francisco 49ers tonight, again, uh, last night, in a league amongst themselves. But even smaller teams or Teams that are not the San Francisco 49ers. Again, the New York Jets, who barely have an NFL quarterback going on the road to Denver. And I know Commanders beat Denver as well on the road. But you can't help but watch the Atlanta Falcons and the way they operated yesterday and the way the Miami Dolphins operate and the way the Philadelphia Eagles operated in the second half yesterday, and the way the New Orleans Saints operated against Bill Belichick and the Patriots yesterday. You can't help but watch these games and go, man, not only are we not them, but we're not even close. You can't help it. You can't help it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a jerk. You can't help but watch these games and go, oh, my God, we have a long, long way to go. Still. And I know I was somewhat fooled. Many of you also were fooled to thinking that the commanders are closer than they are. And maybe every now and then they are in a one-game situation. They are. But over the long haul, over the long haul, their DNA doesn't match others. And it really doesn't come close. And I don't know if they have the onions. I don't know if they have the stones, the guts, the grapefruits. I don't know if they have what you need to be successful in the NFL, which is a certain swagger, a certain boldness that says, we are going to dictate to you. We are going to beat you at doing what you do. That's not good enough to talk about. You have to show it. And the commanders rarely show it. Rarely. Rarely show it. 301-230-0980, your call is coming up next after a quick trending alert. All right, Monday Night Football tonight, kickoff 815, coverage 730, Westwood 1, Odyssey app 1067, the fan. It is the Green Bay Packers visiting Sin City and the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Anyone want to guess if there'll be 40,000 cheeseheads uh, in attendance? Two and two Packers off the Thursday night loss a week and a half ago at home uh, to the Detroit Lions, so very well rested. Jimmy G is back for the Vegas Raiders as well. Devontae Adams is expected to play. He had been banged up and questionable all week. Baseball playoffs, Philadelphia and Atlanta, they resume the NLDS game two. Uh, they didn't play yesterday after Philadelphia shut the Braves down in one game one. One uh, one, ser- one game to none, I should say, uh, in favor of the Phillies back at Truist Park in Atlanta. 6.07, the first pitch, and Arizona looks to take a commanding 2-0 lead. And remember, these are best-of-five series over the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. 9.07, the scheduled first pitch. And that one, Orioles off until tomorrow night in Texas, where they face elimination, and that's what's trending. All right, it is a Motown Monday. Good to have you with us right here on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app. Uh, I know many of you are going to be despondent for the whole week. I get it. I understand. Your team got annihilated, embarrassed, humiliated, kicked in the teeth, and you still haven't recovered. I got it. And it's a long way in between games. You can't get right back on the bike again. Unfortunately, that's the way the NFL is. Uh, But... That being said, that being said, I need you to understand that, again, Thursday night was indeed one bad night at the office, and that is the ultimate reality, but there was a lot that went into that Thursday night and one bad night, and there's a lot of troubling trends that are going to affect the rest of the season. But there are ways that you can work yourself out of the mix. You can work yourself out of the mess that you're in and make no mistake about it, you're in a mess. If you do some things differently, if you dictate terms and tempo, and hey, if you get beat that way, fine. Now, I'm not uber-aggressive and recklessly aggressive like Brandon Staley is. What I need you to be is more aggressive, less reckless. That doesn't mean that I want you to go for it on fourth and one from your own 15-yard line like Brandon Staley does. But I want you to be more aggressive in non-conventional spots. I want you to come out on offense on the first series next Sunday and run tempo. No huddle. Put the Falcons on their heels. I want you to come out of a TV timeout or a game timeout or out of a quarter break. And I don't know. You don't have to do what the 49ers did last night on one of the Kittle touchdowns, which was you know, the the back-and-forth dipsy-do that the Lions ran earlier in the day, almost the same exact play, and two touchdowns came out of it. I don't need you to do that, but for the love of humanity, can we run a flea flicker on the first play of the game? Can we do something to wake somebody's ass up? Can we do something other than blitz on... Third and 17 from a double fire zone and give up nine yards so that their automatic as ice place kicker can make a easy game winning field goal. Can we do that? Can we blitz on third and nine from, I don't know, the linebacker or the Buffalo nickel group? Can we do something that gets home? Because every time this team blitzes, I shouldn't say every time. But a couple of big times that this team blitzes in unconventional spots or launch points. Remember the 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 cornerback blitz that came from Billings, Montana to Denver, Colorado that allowed the 60-yard touchdown pass? Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Blitz from the nickel corner. Line him up 
on the off shoulder, the outside shoulder of the tight end or the left tackle or the right tackle and blitz that guy, Jack. Be aggressive. Come out in up-tempo on offense. Surprise somebody. Do something different to get everybody lathered up early in a game. If you're not going to fire coaches, fine. Do something different. That's what I want. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. All right, Jay Gruden will join us at 2.30. Let's quickly squeeze in um, Montana and D.C., right here on the Team 980. What up, Montana? How are you? What's going on? Thank you so much for taking my phone call. Yeah, really appreciate it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. Hey, real quick, I just want to correct you on something, man. Hey, you said that the Redskins are on the bottom, basement, whatever. I know what you really mean, but a team with a total of five championships, which consists of three Super Bowls, first black quarterback to play in the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, would never be a bottom basement team. Chris Russell. I'm talking your about Buffalo now, Bills, though, Montana. Your I'm talking Buffalo about now. Bills that ne- your Buffalo Bills that I'm never won a Super Bowl. I'm not a Bills Bowl, fan. 0-4 Super Bowls. B- Montana, I'm not a Bills a fan. Team. Teams I'm that never won a Super Bowl I went to school in Buffalo. Teams, Montana, the, I went to the, school in Buffalo. I, I'm not a Bills fan. world champion, Washington. I know what you meant, Chris. It's, you know, I'm playing with you. It's cool. Hey, but look, real talk, though. I appreciate you saying that I would like to, you would like to see them do something different as far as offensively. Can you help me understand something real quick, Chris? Yes. Is there an unwritten rule? In football, especially like college and the NFL, that you can't use. Remember that William Perry, uh, refrigerator Perry, you know, from the one-yard line, he scored a touchdown. Yeah. It seems like they don't do that anymore. Is that an unwritten rule you can't do that? Because no, that's what I like to see. If you want to, you mean put, just put an line, offensive, I mean, a defensive Lucas. lineman or an offensive lineman as a lead fullback, you mean? Yeah, well, if somebody, if you want to, Chris, we had like a million plays, third and one on the one, you know, on the, yeah. you know third and goal, third and one. Why not? You have Corn Lucas, put him at fullback. He's 6'8", 350. You know what I'm saying? Get Deron Payne a couple times a game. Score a touchdown. It's ridiculous. Well, and even uh, University of Maryland had a couple opportunities. You know, Lasky looking like uh, Ron Rivera. It's embarrassing. Yeah, that I, close to the uh, end zone, red, uh, red zone, it seems like it has to be some unwritten rule that you can't do that anymore. Uh, there, is, there is no unwritten so rule. It's, it's, call. It's, I appreciate it, man. Alright, thank you, Montana. There is no unwritten rule that I'm aware of. Or Anything preventing any of it. They used to run Ryan Anderson, who was like a second-round linebacker, occasionally as a lead fullback. Um, I think that was in the Gruden days. Maybe we could ask him about that. Maybe that was Callahan. I can't remember. Um, But, you know, listen. It's not like this team always gets down to the one and then can't score. This team doesn't – because this team doesn't show up ready to play, whether that's on the players or the coaches, and and I, I, I'm sorry, I know most people blame the coaches. I blame the players more because that's who plays the game. It is on them to show up one game a week in most cases. Show up ready to go. Not an hour and a half late. Not we'll get around to it when we feel like it. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's what I need here. And I need you to kind of, again, come out doing something different this Sunday than what you have been doing. I know they scored on the first drive in Philadelphia. I got it. You know what they immediately did because they could not handle success? They immediately got kicked in the teeth by the Eagles, who went right down the field and scored themselves. Then the defense woke up a little bit. I need you to do something that you're not doing. I need you to be more aggressive, but smartly aggressive. Not Brandon Staley, I'm a dope aggressive. Be somewhere in between. Be Nick Sirianni aggressive. That's what I want you to be. You know what? Jack, you've been around. You've been a head coach for 195 games. You've been a defensive coordinator forever. You know that players don't just execute consistently. You know that. You've been here for four years. You know 
No matter how many horses you have, your guys don't consistently execute. So bring your damn lunch pail, your hard hat, and your hammer, and then go to the closet and get the jackhammer and bring it with you on Sunday to Atlanta. And hit them before they know what actually hit them. All right, this rant and this show brought to you by Maryland Vehicle Theft Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device, learn more about vehicle theft prevention at mdautotheft.org. Jay Gruden at 2.30, your call's coming straight up. Stay with us right here on a, uh, what are we calling this? Just a Motown Monday in the nation's capital and beyond. Team 980. All right, 153, Team 980. Let's get right back to the calls and squeeze as many of you in as we can on this Motown Monday. We'll get to uh, Jason in Omaha on the Odyssey app uh, here. What up, Jason? How are you? What's up, Chris? How y'all doing? Jason, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I just got my workout in. I thought I would hop on the call with you all. Yeah, I did not get my workout in, so you are much better, uh, and I'm sure you're much more studly than I am. Yeah, I'm pretty late. I'm kind of late. I'm normally finished by the time uh, you start. But uh, man, yeah. I wish I had that discipline. I I've been late my whole life, brother. <laughs> it, it takes time. It really takes uh, time. It does. Though. It takes a lot of discipline, man. It takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, yeah but no, I wanted to hop on because uh, I just um, I, I kind of heard your back. Did we lose them? Right, the oh, or something, just to wake the guys up. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and I feel like you're kind of on to something, but that spark needs to come from the defense, and it hasn't, especially the past two weeks, uh, mm-hmm. three weeks actually. So, I mean, I just feel like uh, the defensive staff did not come into this season prepared, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, you had a good off offseason um, to piggyback on some things that you did well uh, mm-hmm. in the previous season. Uh, you add a, a couple of good pieces. But like I was mentioning to Matt, it seems like they don't have or they did not have a perfect plan. Now, nothing's perfect, but they did not have a plan for Emmanuel Forbes. And, and when I say plan, I mean an exact role of what he was going to be from a quarter uh, of the season to the next quarter to the next quarter to the next so quarter. So you know I slightly I mean? disagree with you on on both of those points. So let me let me let me expand okay. and then I'll let you re- respond. The okay. plan on Forbes was this dude's an outside corner. We're going to play zone match. We're going to play some man, and we are going to let him try and create havoc by playing relatively tight coverage and hope that he can use his eyes, his vision, and his instincts to create turnovers and pass breakups. And it has worked well at times. It has not worked well enough at times. And Ron said, even after the Philadelphia game and before last Thursday, it is his technique. It is his technique. And that's why I think they benched him more than mm-hmm. his performance is his technique issues of gambling, jumping, not using his vision and instincts. I agree with that 100%, and I guess I should have said the, the plan was not sound. And when I, what, what I mean by mm-hmm. that is, of course, they wanted uh, him to play Matt Zone and stuff that he did in college, uh, put in a little man um, and some of the concepts of the defense. But as a rookie, you, you as a coaching staff literally have to set in stone how you want to use this player, um, how you don't want him to get attacked by different teams and different personnel of different teams. Mm-hmm. I just feel the plan was not sound on their part. Let's say, um, let's 
let's compare him to Sauce Gardner. When Sauce Gardner came in, the Jets knew what he was. He was their number one corner. Um, a lot from what he did in college translated to what he's doing with the Jets now. But they etched a position. They etched a role for him in that uh, in that defense. Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, it just seems that they're going to week to week to week to week. And, again, with the rookie that you drafted that high, you got to know what you're doing. And obviously other teams and GMs like the prospect that he was. Um, they didn't pull the trigger on him. But I believe if, if any other team grabbed him, mm-hmm. let's say the Steelers, let's say uh, the Patriots, like they would have etched a role for him. Yeah. And they would not let Forbes get, um, I mean, embarrassed week after week. You Jay, know what Jay, I mean? let, two... let, let me let me jump in because I'm up against the uh, uh, top of the hour okay. here. I appreciate you as always. Good to hear from you. It's a good point. Uh, let me respond further to that. Plus, Matt, don't let me forget, plus the offensive thing that Jason brought up and, and maybe took a little umbrage with on the other side, and then we'll get back to more calls. 158, Team 980, good to have you with us on a Motown Monday in the nation's capital and beyond. 301 on the Ace Law Listener Lines. Back in a flash. Don't go anywhere. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.